following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, September 5th, 2017, season 13, episode number 32. Welcome to another edition and the very first edition of the 2017 season. It is The Break. I'm Derek Eagleton, joined by Nick Eatman. Don, just let him go. Just let him go, Dave. How many firsts do you have in a given year? This will be the first of the actual, like it's week one. So this is the first. Yeah. What of all? Like the regular season. Yeah. Right. right? The regular season starting today, right? Right, Dave. We change as of today, right? Change the roster (laughs) up. Did we we make any claims to change the team or anything like that? Or Mm. yeah, we We? did. I'm talking to make a trade. I'm talking about us four. Well, we we we've made a few changes. We started off and Amber joined the show. You joined the show. You were not a regular. Yeah, but we've been and still don't know if you're going to be a regular. We've been doing this for six weeks. Be a regular. Be a regular. Whatever. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Thank sorry. you. Whatever. All right. Whatever. Keep railroading the intro like that. Something. Yeah, seriously. All right. So let's talk some Cowboys football. There's been a lot that's happened since the last time we were on the air. Uh, it's a good holiday weekend, good Labor Day weekend. Uh, but there were lots of changes that happened on, uh, on this team over that weekend. The Cowboys cut down to 53 man roster then made a couple of other moves we're going to get into that and talk about some of the guys the Cowboys acquired um, as well as uh, a guy that they released and supposedly is back and I'm sure Nick has a lot to say about that we'll talk mm. about Kellen Moore here at some point um, in the first segment but before we get to that we do need to talk a little bit about Ezekiel Elliott um, right now there have been a few developments um, in that whole situation we're still waiting on the results of the appeal which happened uh, last week there's suspicion that maybe comes out today uh, from what I understand and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong from what I understand if there isn't a, a, a result on the appeal that's issued by this afternoon then Zeke is allowed to play this week is that, that is, accurate that is not detailed in writing anywhere in the CBA okay I have talked to several people and the best that I can come up with is that it's an unwritten rule or a gentleman just wouldn't do that to a team agreement would take that from I was just arguing about that with Brian where he said well it's kind of an unwritten rule that the league's not going to do that to a team and I said can you think of a circumstance where they might make an exception when it comes to a high profile running back who's in this case and they're trying to keep egg from getting all over their face and who they're fighting in court yeah. right now at this so, point yeah I mean take it for what it's worth I've seen it out there a million times as far as I understand it it is a rule that the league typically adheres to but also as far as I understand it nowhere in the CBA is that written in stone that that has to happen so, so there's no guarantees I mean they could come back with this thing on Friday or Saturday yeah. if they want to and say Ezekiel Elliott is now suspended. But but I really believe that if they're going to do that, they're going to do it with a reduced uh, suspension. I, I don't believe that they'll just say, "Oh, you know what? Now it's yeah, it's six. It's six now." I think that in order to kind of soften the blow a little bit and maybe put the ball in the Cowboys' court and Zeke's court, I think they're going to come back and, with like a reduced charge. I I believe it'll be four. I mean two. I believe that they'll cut it down to two. Well, all that being said, at this point, the NFL has advanced the story a little bit. They have filed uh, two motions, one to dismiss uh, the NFLPA's uh, file, what they filed last week, basically saying it's all premature right now. They have not had a chance to uh, to rule on the appeal. They also filed a motion to oppose uh, the restraining order that they expect that the NFLPA will, um, will issue this week, uh, basically saying that 
the court doesn't have a right to be able to defer whatever the arbitrator or whatever the commissioner says because it was collectively bargained between the players and the and the league and they're using case law here which in the case of Brady they they feel like at the end of the day it was it was upheld by the courts that because it was collectively bargained courts don't have a right to get in between that and the commissioner is within his jurisdiction diction uh, to be able to make whatever decisions he wants. So that all being said, do you think any of this changes the prospect, which is what fans care about, of whether Ezekiel Elliott is going to play this weekend or not? This weekend or, I mean, 16 games? Cause I think let, right now we're taking this thing week by week. Do you, right. week. do you think he's playing this weekend? I think all signs are pointing in the direction that, that he's going to find a way to be on the field this weekend. That's kind of the way I feel because one way or the other – uh, with all this, and yeah, the NFL filed to to block the TRO and and the restraining order that Zeke is filing in Sherman, Texas, or has filed in Sherman, Texas, that'll be heard later today. Even if they do that, he'll just wait for the the ruling and file again. Like, that's all that that means. It, it, there's nothing keeping him from doing it again. Basically, the NFL was like, hey, you went too soon, like whatever. So sorry, I just they they're trying to make sure it's in the proper a favorable jurisdiction for them. The NFL would probably want to hear this in Manhattan, and Zeke wants to hear it here. Whatever, I don't know. But regardless, that thing's going to get filed, and I gotta believe even if he ultimately loses it, it's enough of a of an uncertainty that he can't be barred from the field by Sunday. I don't think that's just kind of the way I feel about it. Because, like I said last week, the fact that they went as far as to file that motion before they even heard the result of the appeal tells me that they're going to fight it no matter what they hear. Uh, and so when you consider that, I just I, I, it all seems so up in the air that I have a hard time thinking it'll be resolved in time to block him from the field on Sunday. I think, I think he plays. I mean, yeah, 100%. I, well, 100% is pretty strong. But yeah, 100% is. I do think he, he will be on the field this week. I think he plays the next week, and I do. I, I personally think he's going to get a two-game suspension that will start probably in week three. That's what I believe. That sounds that sounds way too tidy for the way that this works. I honestly, I think that would be, and you can go be back great to, for the Cowboys. Zeke still has to deal with you know his reputation is on the line and all of that. But as far as for, for the Cowboys and the people who root for the Cowboys, that sounds like the best you could possibly hope this to go. But. Nothing the NFL does gets resolved that quickly to the point where by the end of September, this whole thing will be a distant memory. I don't yeah. buy that. That's why, like, every time we talk about Damian Wilson, you're like, well, unless the league comes in, the league's not going to do anything on Damian Wilson. I mean, he's playing. Until further. I mean, I was thinking about that. We were talking about that yesterday. I think I wouldn't be surprised any day between now and the end of the season to wake up and hear that, you know, Wilson or Carroll, for that matter, has been suspended. Like, there's no... They just got around to DeMontre Moore. There's, but there's no rhyme or reason to it, though. They resolved Willie Sneed's thing in New Orleans in the span of about three months. Like, and here he's off for the first, what, there, first two, there is, three weeks? The minute you try to assume that there's a pattern to this whole thing is the minute you make a mistake. It's different for every single player in the league and every different offense. And when you're bringing in the real deal legal system, like not just the NFL's nonsense, but the actual courts, I can't imagine that it's tidied up that quickly. The one thing that does concern me a bit, and I think for everybody who is wanting Zeke to play this weekend or whatever point this season, I think the one thing that concerns me a little bit is that 
the the NFL kind of laid out this thing of, well, here, we've already litigated this. This is no different than the Brady situation from the standpoint that it all comes back to this was collectively bargained and and the the players bought in. Whatever was collectively bargained was a part of that negotiation and the players signed off on it. And so we've already gone through court for this. And and that's what, what I think fans need to at least be thinking about is there's a possibility that this court, even if, let's say, the appeal comes back and they reduce it a little bit or they don't reduce it, I still think the court could say, hey, we're not going to give you a stay. We're not going to allow you to play while we litigate this. Yes, we'll litigate it if they decide to litigate it. We'll, we'll do that. But we're not going to give you a stay in the meantime because the NFL has a point that it has already been litigated. And so case law says that they have the right to do what they want to do. So that is a possibility here that it's not just a foregone conclusion that like Brady was able to, t- to, to play while this went through the courts. It's not a foregone conclusion that Zeke will be able to play while this goes through the courts. I do... And it's really interesting. I worry I'm going to get out of my depth because I'm not a lawyer. But as far as I understand it, the, the the criteria to meet this, you know, restraining order to this injunction to kind of stave this thing off while it plays out, you have to be able to prove that it's going to hinder your career, reputation, well-being, whatever. And you have to be able to prove that you have a legitimate chance of winning. And on the out from an outsider's perspective, it seems like Zeke has both of those things, just based on what we've heard about the mismanagement of the case. And obvi- I mean, you're going to miss six paychecks at the very least, not to yeah. mention the harm. And you can't get the games back, right? right? And the harm that it does to your reputation, all that type of stuff. So from an outsider's perspective, it seems like he meets that criteria. You could come back and say, though, that since the NFL just did this with Brady and won because of the collective bargaining aspect of it, Maybe he doesn't have as much ground to stand on as we think he does because you see and read. I spent two hours reading about this over the weekend, and it certainly sounds like you, the term in, in the legal system is reasonable doubt. There's a lot of room for reasonable doubt. And even I'm not declaring anybody innocent or guilty, but there's so much reasonable doubt about the whole thing. But when you bring it back to... You're not trying to win a a case. It all goes back to the NFL and the collective bargaining agreement. And at the end of the day, I don't know if it's going to be enough to matter. Where's the league office again? New York. New York, man. Who do you play first game? New York. Hmm. You do know who the uh, lead uh, the lead person in this from the NFL side of this? Uh, have you heard about that story that's out there? That supposedly she is a season ticket holder for the yeah. Giants. It is a it see. I don't I don't buy it. I know it's it's a convenient and interesting And I'm not saying it necessarily affects the decision. I'm just saying that's an that's an interesting it's tidbit in this Interesting whole thing. little tidbit, yeah. but I, you know, I just when you're tasked with that type of responsibility, hopefully professionals are professionals. I yeah, and I I mean, I've never met that woman, but I just have a hard time believing that, you know, one game in one season is going to sway this gigantic multi-million dollar investigation that she's been in charge of for the right. last year. I don't I, I never bought that, but it is it is interesting. At the end of the day, there is a ton more that's going to happen in this case between now and whenever this thing is resolved. It's just that's, a matter of how quickly they can move on this, I how much hope, the courts are willing to get involved. I hope to my heart that Eatman is right. And by September 28th, we will be like, oh, well, he served his games and it's all over and it's great. But I just don't. 
I don't buy that. I don't, I think is that the way I talk? No, that was just <laughs> okay. like we're just like ah. Everything. I don't think I've ever seen Nick do though. That was my that was my everything is hunky dory voice like yeah. that movie Pleasantville. Tiny you know, Jim. like hey neighbor, did you hear Zeke's back after his two game suspension, and we don't have to talk about that anymore. <laughs> like that's not gonna happen. Sounds like you're the the media guy from the 1950s. That Something did like the, yeah, the voice scoops and, Callahan. Yeah, that kind know. of thing. Yeah, it's it's gonna be messy and drawn out. That's the only thing I feel certain about. Because that's what it is. It, are, well, it, it, it already is. It already is that. It's the NFL's but. fault for dragging their feet on this the whole time, and then to come to find out that they don't even have all the right evidence, and now they want to kind of hurry this thing up because the season's starting. No, no, they could. I mean, this has been. 13 months probably getting close to 14 now we've been saying 13 months for a while you feel like they could have handed down this thing in april or whatever i don't what it's you know no use crying over spilled milk but what a mess a lot to go um let's go ahead and move on let's talk about the roster cowboys cut down to 53 as did all the teams throughout the nfl lots of things were happening and moving uh this weekend with regards to this roster and we're going to start first with kellen moore and the quarterback situation Cowboys make a decision on Friday that they're going to cut uh, Kellen Moore. He was a part of the original cuts. Uh, but then yesterday, Rico Gathers is placed on IR designated to return. Um, and as a part of that, they were able to bring back Kellen Moore, which I don't know. That's not official yet. Not official. Uh, not but official, that's what but the, the expectation is, is that they're going to bring many him back for that roster spot. Multiple club officials have said more right. or less, yeah, we're doing that. So explain to the fans out there listening um, why the Cowboys decided to go this path with regards to Kellen Moore? Because uh, obviously, I think I think there I, was some. I, I can't explain the machinations or explain the thought process. No, 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 not totally the thought process. Because I, I think okay. that that part we'll let Nick ran on in just a second. Uh, but but I do think there is something to okay. So why didn't the Cowboys just if they wanted to go this route? Why didn't they just put Rico on IR on Friday and then and oh. and? But I know that there are there are reasons for that. Just explain that to the fans. In order to bring a player back. From IR, he has to be on the 53 when you make your first roster cuts. So Rico had to be on the team on Saturday at 3.01, or else he would be lost for the year. So they waited until Sunday, and they moved him to IR. The reason why they cut Kellen Moore is because he's a vested veteran, which I think even the most biased Kellen Moore supporter would agree. He doesn't <laughs> have much of a market outside of seen. this building. Cooper Rush is a rookie. If you have not accumulated four years of service in the NFL, you're subject to the waiver wire, which means any team that is interested in you can put in a claim and there's nothing you can do. You can't offer to outbid the other team, blah, blah, blah. If the Steelers claim him, he's a Steeler. That's it. So the Cowboys were far more confident that if they cut Kellen Moore, they could get him back in a couple of days than if they cut Cooper Rush. Which proved out to be true. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that multiple teams would have put a claim on Cooper Rush had he been cut. So in terms of, again, in terms of the mechanics of the whole thing, it worked out flawlessly. Why is it? I thought that we're making progress. And then, Mm. uh, just kidding. (laughs) He might be back. Just kidding. Um, I did get pretty excited, but the way I see it, and I know, Nick, you're about to get into it, but the way I see it is like, what you just explained, if they cut Cooper Rush, he definitely wouldn't be back here. Yeah. I I think that's for sure. They said that. Now, Kellen Moore is like, yeah, obviously, he's going to be back here, right? (laughs) The Cowboys. The Cowboys are the only ones that want him, and that's for sure he was going to still be there, and 
they'll be able to bring him back. And you're about to get into this argument. Before, wow. we, before we do that, though, before we do that, real quick, I want to tie up the other side Rico. of that. Is there any concern yeah. with the fact that Rico is now going to IR for what was a concussion that happened, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, I, I think I don't agree with the move at all and on, on that end and the Kellen Moore end, of course. But the Rico part, like, you know— Unless there's something we don't know, because I think Jason Garrett has said he's he's making progress. So unless he's he's going to go to a neurologist or something that that we're not we haven't heard about that this is a one of those type of concussions that's ongoing. But he's tweeting around about how great you know it is to be on the team and stuff like that. So I don't know what to make about that. But the guy needs to practice. He needs to be on the practice field. And I think that they're they've mishandled this in my opinion because I think that he needs the eight weeks of practices more than anybody. And at, just to be clear, when he's on IR designated return, he cannot practice no. during that time. No. He can practice after six weeks. After six, okay. Well, you have you have so six weeks. He's well, going to be sitting around and can't practice. After six weeks, you're you are eligible to begin a three week practice window. If six weeks elapse and they still don't feel comfortable, then he'll continue to sit. But he is eligible to start yeah. practicing after week six. Yeah, but then you look at it. What other move could they have made for them to be able to bring that veteran guy back? Which would be Kellen Moore, aside than to put Rico Gathers. Good on the, point. Good yeah. point. And it is a good point. You start thinking about, start looking at this roster. Find me a guy you think you can can make this kind of move with that you can cut that you that you have flexibility to cut. Understanding the other guys you have that are going to be suspended the first couple mm-hmm. of weeks. There's a lot going on with this team. Maybe, maybe Charles Tapper. Maybe. I, I'm not certain that a Charles Tapper would would clear waivers, right? Well, I'm not certain that I care. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Byron Bell? Possibly. My point to all of this is that Jason Garrett spent 10 years in this league as a backup quarterback. Wade Wilson played 27 years or whatever. He was mostly a backup quarterback. We saw this team a season get derailed in 2015 because they didn't have a backup quarterback, and Kellen Moore was one of the guys that that they tried to bring in. It's like... You're telling us that they really like Kellen Moore, but at the same time, he's the one player of the, all of this 53. He's the one player that you're going to leave out there. That's why I said earlier on, this guy is patio furniture. He is a lawn chair. Because your lawn chair is, you, you, that you put outside of your house, you know, you, you can serve as a purpose. You can sit on it. I mean, it, it's fine. It's a chair. But you don't care if it gets rained on. You don't definitely don't care if someone comes and steals it because if you did, you'd put it in your house. So you just stuck it outside because you're like, well, doesn't matter. I mean, take it if you want, but we don't really think you're going to take it because it's really not that great of a lawn chair. So just go ahead and just, you know, whatever. When it's time that we want to bring it out, we'll bring it back in because they're trying to tell us that this guy is an important position. Now he's going to come back and he's going to be the number two quarterback. I don't understand at all why if Kellen Moore is a guy you like, you should have kept him. If you don't like him, then just leave him out there. It, It makes no sense to me at all. That doesn't make sense. They see his inner beauty. He, he's no, out there, and there's no they. No I mean, like one they're just, guy. They're just trying to like rub the tummy of the offensive coordinator. I mean, like make a call. Like if you don't think he's that good, then just let's move on and find a guy that is good. Yeah, I I, I understand the the how they did it. Like yeah, that that makes sense. To how me. I mean, they were smart. I think about how they did it in order to to move between but, he and Rico. But I I agree with you. If if you have a backup quarterback that 31 other teams have absolutely no interest in, 
that does raise a bit of a red flag, in my opinion. Right, right. You know that he's not claimable. And now, Jason said not claimable, but he's also not signable either. But but that's also the part we don't know. We don't know if there was some team that, that called his agent and said, hey, is he available? And he said, no, I'm going back to the Cowboys. Because he has that right. That's the thing about when they cut him, they have the ability. I mean, he could go somewhere else if he wants to. Yeah, but you're um, going to go to Canada. But no, I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying Canada, but I'm saying, you know, if, if I'm just your, throwing, I'm just throwing your, a name out there. If if the Miami Dolphins called and said, hey, we want you to we're interested in maybe you coming and being our third quarterback. He has the right to be able to do that. But if the Cowboys said, hey, we're going to cut you. And there was kind of this understanding we're going to bring you back and we're going to bring you back. You're going to be our backup. He may choose to want to stay with the Cowboys. He knows the system. He knows the people. We don't know if there were other teams that were involved in this. Right. We, we don't. You but in your heart of hearts, do you think that his phone? Was I'm only up? I'm only making the argument just just because <laughs> we need you. to be fair in how we look at this, right? Right. But I just everybody has the opportunity to watch the preseason games like we did. There was absolutely nothing that he did in the preseason that would warrant another team to say, you know what? Yeah, he's not very he's he's not very big. He doesn't have a good arm. He's never won a game in this league. But he had a pretty good one though. Yeah, but that this preseason was I mean, I don't I just don't get it. Like they had opportunity. Don't come back now and tell us that you really like Kellen Moore when he was the guy that you put out in the rain. I just don't agree. I I mean, I'm going to be redundant and I'm going to write about this later this week too, but I'll keep saying Kellen Moore, it's kind of like Alfred Morris. I use the word redundant. Alfred Morris is redundant. He doesn't really serve a different purpose in your running back group. The main reason he's here is because you don't know what's going to happen with Zeke. And that's why he, he he fits. I don't have a problem with him being here because he's a great insurance policy. Kellen Moore is redundant because he's a young, unproven quarterback who has never won a game in the NFL, as, as Nick said. Uh, you don't really know if he can do it. You don't know how good you feel about him doing it for an extended stretch of time. I just described Cooper Rush, too. That's but there's the there's a they, there is a they, difference from the standpoint that they feel like he understands the offense better than Cooper Rush, correct? Yeah. And they feel like although he doesn't have the experience on like in game experience, he does have more experience in the NFL than a Cooper Rush, right? Okay, but he doesn't have anywhere near as much experience in the NFL as Dak Prescott, which the backup is supposed to help the starter, which is the second half of my argument is that if you're dead set on keeping three quarterbacks, I would rather have Luke McCown. Because he's been in the league for 15 freaking years. He's he's shared a room with Drew Brees and whatever other good NFL quarterbacks. He's just by virtue of being around, seen things that Dak Prescott hasn't seen. Right. He's way more. And has just as, many, just as few game, just as little game experience. And right? five times as many wins. Because right. he's at least won five or six games as an NFL starter. And the last time he started, he threw for 300 yards against a team that wound up losing the Super Bowl. So... I trust that he can handle it way more than I trust that Kellen Moore can. Wow. And he offers a perspective that that Dak Prescott doesn't have. Where at, like Kellen Moore, if if I was Dak and Kellen was trying to like teach me stuff, I'd be like, dude, I won thirteen games. Get out of here. Okay, we're fine. So I wanted to dismiss your Luke McCown last time he started three hundred yards because then they have to acknowledge that the last time Kellen Moore started, he went for four hundred and twenty <laughs> or something. Point. Was but I, I would have I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I would have rather the Cowboys signed Brandon Whedon as the backup quarterback. He was just he's really, available. Yeah. 
I, I think he would have been – he is a better backup quarterback than Kellen Moore. I, I do. Okay, believe. maybe – Actually, I, I kind of agree with Ooh, that. Oh, Amber's like, I don't know, guys. <laughs> All right, tell you what, no. Amber, I'm going to have you hold that point just a second. We're a little over on our break. Let's go to our break. When we come back, Amber has a great point for us to advance this conversation. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Hey, Cowboys fans. Did you know that over the next few years, more than a million service members will transition from military to civilian life? Veterans face unique challenges when they get out of the military, and Bank of America and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up to help with financial education, career opportunities, and support of military nonprofits and organizations locally in North Texas and across the country. We're proud to support our troops and are deeply grateful for the dedication and sacrifice of our service members and veterans. Bank of America, official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, invites you to join us in our efforts to get involved by tagging game day photos on social media using hashtag TroopThanks, that's hashtag TroopThanks, and by learning more about our commitment to veterans at bankofamerica.com slash military support. Together, we can thank our troops in ways that make a real difference. Copyright 2016, Bank of America Corporation. Bowling night with friends and you're hanging out together You picked up a spare but you're craving something better A thirst runs deep inside, you don't know what to do You crave a nice cold Dr. Pepper and a hero to save you Great Rider You ride the wave of Dr. Pepper when you're craving Dr. Pepper Great Rider When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do Pick up an ice cold 20 ounce bottle today Dr. Pepper I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back this is the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star talking about the roster final cuts uh we got down to we were talking about the quarterback position and just before we ended before for our first break amber had a great point she wanted to throw out there i don't know how much of a great point it is (laughs) i'm just trying to find different ways around this and kind of comprehend what the cowboys are doing here Mm -hmm. and Maybe, and just maybe, Kellen Moore is that guy that kind of serves how Mark Sanchez was last year to Dak Prescott. The guy that kind of, well, Mark Sanchez didn't know this offense, but Kellen Moore has that time that he's been here. He knows this offense very well. And he can be that guy that possibly is the one that is helping out these other guys. I've been on the sideline, and I've watched them, how Kellen Moore is always helping Dak Prescott and even Cooper Rush and everyone would think you know hey he hates Cooper Rush because of everything how he's beating him out of the field but 
he has been there. He has been kind of teaching them and showing them the iPad and uh, do this or do that or look at this player, whatever. Maybe we don't know as much, obviously, as they do. And he might have another purpose here, aside from being the backup quarterback to help out when Dak can't be on the team. Yeah. Maybe he helps out in other ways. Yeah, I mean, that that's why he's here. That's why the Cowboys are willing to go along with this is because that's the role that he fills. He's been with Scott Linehan since 2012. He knows what he's talking about in regard to this offense. Honestly, despite the fact that he was on injured reserve, he was – I, I, he was far more helpful to Dak Prescott last year than Tony Romo was. I feel comfortable saying that. Yeah. Uh, he he did advanced scouting. He was basically a, a, an extra member of the coaching staff, which I've seen no shortage of people suggest that maybe that's just what Coming he should coach. do uh, instead of being backup quarterback. But, I, you know, at the end of the day, this is a preseason storyline. Uh, I don't anticipate that Dak Prescott's going to get hurt and miss too much time, knock on wood, and I think that's probably their attitude as well. He's 23. He's built like an ox, as I've said. He's. I, I don't think they're worried about it the way they were worried about Tony Romo. So, it, you know, they get along. Kellen Moore can help him out. Kellen Moore knows a lot about what he's looking at in regard to the offense. And I, what you just said is exactly why the Cowboys are going along with this. So if you're looking for a rational argument for why this is the case, that's it. You know, and I, I actually I agree with you, Amber, and I I take it one step further. And I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, um, and I'm I'm kind of going back on what I thought back then. I'm not convinced that if if Dak Knocklin Wood does go down, um, does go down for an extended period of time, that that Kellen would be the guy that they'd want to be the backup. I kind of think if it's for an extended period of time, maybe they go with Rush and say, hey, we're, we think he's the better quarterback. And again, we still have more there who can be the whisperer, who can be the guy that's on the sideline giving him the kind of feedback that we yeah. want him to have during the game. Um, now, if we have a short-term thing, maybe we go with the guy with a little more experience. But if it's a longer-term thing, maybe we go with the guy that we think is better but just doesn't have the experience, and we'll just have to move him along the same What's way the they did with last there? week with that. The, the, the difference will probably be like, you know what their record is and what what they how much part of the season is left and do they think it's salvageable and right. is there anybody else that's out there that they can get and you know what's how, is Tony in shape I mean just all those <laughs> those questions you've got to ask yourself he looks like he is just based on you know yeah. seeing him on TV you know so it, I agree with that I agree with what what Kellen Moore serves in, in, from from the, like the mentor you know standpoint but. If that's the case, then then I agree with you earlier, Derek, that, that they had to have a deal in place. And I don't know if that's even legal to say, but they probably had some kind of... Yeah, we'll put you out there. But, you know, keep your phone by you. Unless yeah. unless one of the other teams call, then, then you can, like, ignore that call because we'll be calling you back. <laughs> I'm excited for but, Sunday because we can just talk about the starting quarterback. Exactly. After, but, after but, you know, the, the thing that, that I think... It would be one thing if it was another situation, but I don't think the Rico Gather situation is is good. I don't think that's a smart deal for the Cowboys either. That's why I think this whole thing kind of reeks because I, he I, needs to. If you if you really like him and you want him to continue to and grow, then he, then you know play him and practice him for sure. I wanted to bring that up and it kind of got lost in the shuffle, which. I agree with you. If he's if he's good to go, he needs practice more than anybody else. But I do want to say. We don't know for sure, and no two concussions are no. created equal. Like I, I mentioned on Sidney Crosby was out for like months and months with a concussion that he couldn't Hockey. get past. And it's, you know, I, I know, but it's still. No, I'm just telling for yeah, fans out yeah. there listening, it might yeah. not know the name. Right. But 
you know, it's no, no, those two things aren't created equal. And it goes back to the rant I always have about, you know, people look at football players as like they're on Madden and it's like, okay, concussion, that's one week. And then you're back out there. It's not the way it works. I mean, and it was a nasty hit that he took. So he might still be having trouble getting over this for all we know. And if he really is still messed up, then then he doesn't need to be practicing. He needs to be resting right. because that's his life, basically. And if there were going to be, let's say, two more weeks to this injury, that means really it was only four weeks that you're giving up a practice. And to be honest with you, right now, I don't think he – I don't think he – I think he's probably inactive if he were out there. I understand yeah. the practice side of it. But they look at it and they right. say, let's assume it's four to six weeks of mispractice time. Does that really set him back? You know, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't if you can then get him back after that time. He starts back practicing. And maybe by the end of the season, he's able to contribute something. Most likely, he's probably not contributing anything for the rest of this year. Really, again, you're working. You're just trying to get him time, reps, in practice to get him ready for hopefully next year to be able well, to, see, to maybe play Well, see, this is where I don't agree with you, Nick. I mean, I don't mind them making this move. And just for this reason, although he had a great preseason, he was doing wonderful and I really don't think he was going to contribute that much anyways. And, yes, he should be practicing, and he should not have that stop and kind of let the rhythm end and just kind of, you know, it is good to kind of keep it going. But either way, I don't think he would have done much anyways. Well, I, I, I agree. I, he was going to be inactive every game, but I, I just think that that's, I mean. It affects that's, him. That's yeah, something like 18 or 20 practices that yeah, he'll miss out on. I, I think – what I've been saying all along, I think I said this three to four weeks ago, Kellen Moore should be on your practice squad. Like, he, he, he should be your practice squad quarterback. Nobody's taking him. No one's going to poach him off and put him on their team, clearly. So put him on your practice squad. Why does he have to be on the 53? If Dak gets hurt in a game, knock on wood, uh, Cooper Rush is going to have to go in there and finish the game. It's probably going to be – it's going to be tough either way. So – let him be your your third quarterback. Then. But isn't there or that second. side of this that, that we don't know if there were teams that were possibly interested in signing him and he wanted to come back to the Cowboys? That's what we don't know. And if that's the case, you put him on the practice squad, there is no guarantee that he's not going to go somewhere else, right? Well, I mean, they did it with Rico. You could do the same thing. You know, you could pay Rico. Rico made first-year salary last year instead of the practice squad for that reason. I got you. So you can yeah, make the money make yeah, sense on the practice squad. Yeah, you could do that. You could. I, I think he's eligible for the practice squad. I would just put him on the practice squad, to be honest with you. All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the defensive line. There and were travel a couple moves and send him on the road. Make sure he comes every game. Uh, there were a couple moves that the Cowboys made on the defensive seat. line that I thought were interesting and worth noting. Uh, they acquired Brian Price um, as a defensive tackle. They also released Cedric Thornton, which last week when we were talking about the team, we, we assumed he was going to make the team. But to be honest with you, if you go back through training camp, he was he was injured some of it, um, and I don't think he necessarily turned a lot of heads and made anybody feel like, yeah. hey, he's a guy that's important. Stephen Paya came in and basically took yeah. the job as a starter when they were expecting, I think, that Cedric Thornton was going to be the starter. You know, we did, we did a show um, on Friday night, and uh, Brian hosted it. I brought us hosted it. It was uh, projecting the 53. Really good show, roster. by the way. Yeah. You guys good Wish job. we would have had a little bit longer yeah. time for that to be up because, yeah, it, it was it was really interesting. But when, they, when, when Thornton's name came up, Dave, you remember, there was a slight pause, and everybody else was like, lock, yeah, lock, lock it in, Paya. And then with Thornton's name, it was a little bit of a pause. It was like, yeah, 
yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Just go ahead. Don't lock it. it. Just yeah, kind of leave the, well. the lock kind of open. We've talked about him on the show before, and I think somebody maybe even called in when we were in Oxnard and asked about him being cut, and it was always. I don't think he'll be cut because they don't want to eat that money. It was never like it was never like he's, he's too oh, good. He's, you got to have him. It was like, well, they'll owe him this, and then there's just dead money on their cap, and I don't see him doing that. And clearly, you know, yeah, I would have said he underperformed. I think anybody would, but I'm still relatively surprised that they thought he was so bad that they didn't mind eating that money. So explain the money situation. How much did the Cowboys give up in dead money? How much was he is he going to be counting this year in money? That they're gonna that's gonna hit the cap. How much was guaranteed to him? What's the money situation of this move? So it was a four year, seven nineteen eighteen million dollar deal. He had three million coming to him this year that there was guaranteed that they're just gonna eat, and then I think it drops down to two something next year. Now there is some offset language in there that if he does sign with right. another team, but if he's not, he's not gonna sign with anything major. They will make up the difference between just like uh, the the Browns and Osweiler with Denver. They will make up the difference between whatever he signs for. So I don't know. I mean, he's clearly not going to sign for as much as he signed here. But you would assume even if he's making vet minimum, that'll take a mil- you know roughly a million off the cost. But does it is he is he that bad a player where you're willing to eat three million dollars for him not to That's, be here? I didn't I, think so. I didn't think so either. And I was like, great, he'll be your third or fourth tackle. He'll he won't be first on the field. He'll you know, he's mainly a run stuffer. Not great, but you play this year and even you know, next year, contracts always the way they structure their contracts, they always become more palatable after the second year. So wouldn't have surprised me at all to see him be a free agency time cut next year. But even right now, I'm kind of surprised that they were like, Nope. We just we're ready to go. A defensive tackle, you got to do one of two things, and if you can do both, then you're going to be a, a Pro Bowler. But you've got to be, you've got to hold up in the run. You've got to fill those gaps, and you've got to take on double teams and not get blown off the ball. You got to show, you know, some some of that that size and and strength, or you've got to get up the field quickly and get to the quarterback and share the blocks. I mean, and, and be disruptive. You know, and, yeah, make plays. If you can do both, then you really are a good player. And Malik Collins is looking like he could maybe be both. But Thornton was neither. He really wasn't. He wasn't a guy that, that you thought was really quick and was making plays behind the line of scrimmage. And he wasn't a guy that was just kind of manhandling the, the guard and center and all that. So he was kind of just a guy and just a guy making a lot of money. But I, it's still surprising, though. It's still surprising to say, hey, we're going to pay this money to go. So, so with you that being said – I don't think any of us necessarily think that was or, or understand that move. Does that say more about Brian Price and maybe what he is? Because you weren't going to have both of them. You're not going to keep four defensive tackles on this team. So does that maybe suggest that they feel like he really adds something significant uh, to their rotation there uh, for them to say, we'll pay $3 million for you to go and us to be able to replace you with this guy? It has to be that way. I mean, otherwise, it definitely it wouldn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me why they made this move in the first place, but they know more than I do, so I'm sure they see something I, in price. Then, yeah, I, I don't think it's so much about price. I think it's that price was better. You know, somebody was just better than him, and so who who's it going to be? Well, it was it was this guy. But is he that much better though? No, I, I mean so. he, he can't be much better. So this is this has to be more about Thornton being off the team, off the team. It, it's not like we got to get price. We got to get price. Well, who are we going to cut price for? Like, Guess Thornton. It wasn't well, but like he that. Could, it was but like, he could, we're going to move Thornton. But he could be a better fit. Like, for oh, example, yeah. I think Pi is an example of that. Nobody said in the offseason, 
this is the greatest free agent signing. However, he got here, and you start seeing him in this system and saying, wow, this guy's pretty good in this system, right? I think it would be disingenuous to try to convince anybody that a guy that was part of somebody else's roster cuts is like this massive upgrade that you need to be doing cartwheels about. I mean, maybe he turns out to be a great player, but... Massive. And well, that's the thing, and that's and that goes to Nick's if, first point, well, right? If you go back, and we talked about this too, you you kind of had a like a, a side eye glance at Richard Ash because he is a completely different defensive tackle than any of the other ones that they have on the roster. He's just a big guy; it's hard to move. Probably not going to generate a ton of pass rush, but he can clog up the line, and that's what Brian Price appears to be even more so. Honestly, he's six three, three twenty, so he's. I don't know for sure, but I think he's the biggest one tech that they've had here. Oh yeah, I mean, and and how much does Rod Marinelli love those guys? He he loved Nick Hayden. Nick Hayden was Kellen Moore before Kellen Moore. Nobody understood why he was here, but Rod Marinelli loved him and he did a job. Uh, so I, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and try to tell you that Brian Price is like the man, but he I think can be a better nose tackle than anybody else on this roster because that was the problem with Thornton. He was never going to beat out Malik to be the three technique, obviously. And I, same thing with Paya. Paya is so good at generating pressure. But he was a 3-4 end moving into this system, and I, he wasn't sturdy enough to really be that space eater that, that you want. Which So I think Brian Price might be able to do that a little bit better. I'm, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and act like he's a pro bowler, but he fits. I think he fits the scheme a little bit better. And... I'm still surprised that they were so adamant about this, that they were willing to eat that salary to do it. But in that regard, at least it makes sense. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back and uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about a couple other uh, a couple other moves the Cowboys made, picking up a linebacker and a cornerback. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See below for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Jack Black products are carefully formulated with the finest natural ingredients and proven high-performance skincare technology. You'll find these performance products in the locker room at the Ford Center and in the luxury suites at AT&T Stadium. Go to our website at getjackblack.com and check out all of our game-changing products, including Beard Lube, our award-winning shave cream, and Deep Dive Glycolic Facial Cleanser, a Men's Health Award winner. Again, that's getjackblack.com. Nothing complicated, nothing cosmetic. 
just superior skincare. Back to the break. Welcome back. We're in the final segment of the show. Um, thank you guys for joining us. It was fun. This is all. This is all fun. Getting back. Was it? It feel. If it's felt contentious. I get maybe the, oh. the Zeke stuff just puts me on. We've it. had much more contentious well, shows than yeah, this that's one. True. This has been fun because it's good to get back on, and it's week one. So starting tomorrow, as we uh, those of you who've been listening to our show for years, even though Dave and Amber are new to the show, uh, we're not going to change what we do. Uh, so this year, as we do every every year on Wednesdays and Thursdays, we'll really dive deep into the game, talk about the other team, their offense, their defense, give you guys an idea of what we can expect as far as matchups on either side. Um, and so, Dave, be ready. You know I've been Amber. doing this show with Amber regular. works with, Dave, with Brian more than Dave does. She actually does. So she's probably going to add a little more to this conversation than Dave will. I've been doing this show with regularity for like three or four years. Like I know. I how don't know it if works. it's regularity. Maybe I, once a month. Like regular enough regularity? to know how the routine works. Okay. So. All right. Well, good. So. so we're ready to go tomorrow. We'll jump into that. We'll probably jump into the uh, into the Giants. Maybe the Giants' offense versus the Cowboys' defense tomorrow, and then flip it for for the next day. All right. Let's get into. Uh, I did want to talk about a couple other uh, acquisitions the Cowboys made. They acquired uh, linebacker Jerome Elliott. Um, and he was a – the interesting thing about this was he was a 3-4 linebacker with the Green Bay Packers, outside linebacker. What does that fit on this Cowboys? Because you would think, okay, this has to be a move. They're making a move to be able to help them with the loss of, of Hitchens for whatever period of time that's going to be. But how does an outside 3-4 linebacker fit in a 4-3 defensive with the Cowboys? Well, I think that where they're going to play him is, is mainly, if you if you watch some of the highlights on him, he's, he's tackling the punt returner a lot. So he's, they're going to play him a lot on special teams. Um, if they needed to, to be in a situation where the, he needed to rush the passer, he probably may – Probably would be better than Kyle Wilbert as a defensive to, end to do that in a in a third and twelve situation. If you, if you need to to have a guy that can just get off the edge, because when you're new to the team, there's not a lot of concepts you need to learn there. I mean, there's your guy, there's the tackle, get around him and get to the quarterback. I mean, and then uh, from a special team standpoint, I think that's what they'll use him. He was just a better option uh, than Mark Nazacha at this point, who I think. They're trying to get back. They're to trying play. to get back to practice practice squad. Not official yet. Um, I don't think he's been claimed. J. Ron Elliott That's has Kyle Wilbur written all over him. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a little bit bigger, and I think he's more athletic. But I think Wilbur's finally at a point where obviously he makes his money on special teams, but he's slimmed down enough to where I don't think it makes a lot of sense to use him as a pass rusher. But Elliott can he could probably he could probably play Sam if you needed him to. He could probably play End if you needed him to. And he's going to play like four special teams. So he's just kind of that jack of all trades. Help us get through this stretch where we're down a linebacker, basically. He's probably going to win somebody some money, too, if they bet, you know, that Elliott would play week one <laughs> on the Cowboys <laughs> roster. Make sure you specify, kids. Right. One more player that Cowboys acquired cornerback, Benet uh, Ben Wickery. They traded for him. Um, tell me what he what he adds to the group because I know that there are obviously there's a lot of inexperienced problems for our PA it. announcer in the booth. That's oh, what he that's going to be a group. big problem. But when you but when you look at it from the standpoint of the experience level of the depth at the cornerback position, um, it seems like this move was made for the purposes of being able to add a little more experience to that to that depth. You guys agree with that? We don't know for sure that Chidabe Awuzie and Jordan Lewis are even going to play. Uh, they, I mean, they had very limited camps. Lewis and didn't have one at all. So, you know, if they're active, they're probably not going to be able to do a lot, and it's probably going to take them 
weeks with an S to really get up to speed where you can expect them to play like the highly touted draft picks that they are. So you trade away a not very valuable conditional draft pick. I think it's very interesting. I don't remember off the top of my head, but he has to be on the 46 for X amount of weeks for the pick to even qualify. So, you know, if you use him for two weeks and then Cheeto and Jordan look great and you cut him, then you didn't give up anything to get him. I think that's worth noting. So, and that's Brian uses the term bridge player all the time. This, this is a bridge player over a very short span. I mean, maybe he'll be fantastic and have a longer term future here, but this is to help you get through this month or so where your rookies maybe aren't quite ready to play. All right, let's take some calls. You guys can call us. The number is 214-872-2102. You can call us about questions you may have or if you have an opinion about the roster, the final roster, or at least the final roster as of right now, uh, make sure you give us a call. Again, the number 214-872-2102. We can also take questions on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Amber, let's start with a question from Twitter. Chicano ask i have a question okay. Okay. <laughs> how come we switched from a 3-4 to a 4-3 for some reason i have felt like our defense was more aggressive in a 3-4 and they haven't played a three i didn't cover this team the last time they played 3-4 they've been in rod's scheme since since i started so i don't know nick what do you think i mean it's all about the, the personnel that you have and uh, that was about the time when they were losing Marcus Ware and Anthony Spencer off the edge. They had some of the uh, bigger ends, I guess. But I mean, it was it was more about let's let's switch this up a little bit from Rob Ryan's defense and to get something different. We, we you know, had a chance to get Monty Kiffin came in, and then obviously Rod Marinelli and those two guys, and that's kind of what they played was the was the four three. So we talked about that actually uh, in the. Um, Press box was it last game? Yeah, you yeah. asked me that. Question. I kind of asked you the question of like, how many players do you think it would take for the Cowboys to make that switch? Um, well, the only thing I really like is having Jalen Smith and Sean Lee in the middle of a three-four. I think that would be pretty good. Other than that, I don't have any. Honestly, I don't have an outside linebacker. That's the thing. The most, in my opinion, one count. of the most important things of a three-four defense is you need to have that guy screaming around the edge. Um, and, and I don't, you don't have it. I know you don't have it. I was about to say, I don't think you have it. I know you don't have that guy. Like, you don't have a DeMarcus Ware type guy. Especially who, coming can, off who, the can, who can also maybe drop back in coverage or, or right. know, play the flat or just have the athletic ability to play that way. The personnel that they have on hand would be so screwed if they tried to play 3 4 right now. They don't have anybody. They, they don't. Actually, you know who would be awesome in a 3 4? Lee Collins at the end? No. <laughs> Randy Gregory. Oh, yeah. If he yes, could get right, on the yeah. field. Who's that? Yeah, good question. So, it would. I, are you? I, I, I mean, I like the three four because it, it allows you to be super versatile, and I think it's easier to find pass rushers for a three four. But at this point, for the time being, at least, you're kind of committed to it. And and I, I, I like I like this defense when you've got the pieces that you need to run it well. Honest, I mean, my favorite defense of recent memory was this defense in Chicago, and like when you've got the guys who can do it. It's pretty good. Sean Lee has been healthier uh, in this defense to playing the weak side as well than playing right there in the middle. But I, I do think having him and Jalen Smith, they would be really good. But subject to more injury, you don't have that big defensive tackle either, and would, you don't have you don't have big defense, big linebackers. You need bigger linebackers right. a lot of times. I know when when Bill Parcells got here and he switched, one of the things he always talked about was like. 
know, these linebackers aren't really big at the time. Yeah, I think it was, and they they proved to be they better proved than him wrong. They, but they he was, admitted to be. But wrong. he also said that they were special players, like from the standpoint that most guys that size cannot pull it off. True. He didn't think that win was going to be able to pull it off like he did. Coakley. Um and Coakley, right? Yeah. But but I do think that you need you probably want bigger linebackers yeah. than what you have right now. Pepper Jalen Smith Johnson. is only really the the guy, right? Jalen Smith is really the only guy at linebacker position yeah. that's probably big enough to play middle linebacker in, the, in a 3-4. I would hate it for Malik Collins if he got switched into a 3-4, though. That's the other thing. Is I mean, he You can make a difference there if you're a good player. Think you, about J.J. Watt. You he can. defensive end. That's about the only guy, but you're he, right. he sure does mess up <laughs> hey, that argument. There, there was a guy from Pittsburgh yeah, years Hayward. ago. Was his, oh. No, I, I'm thinking about, was his name? It wasn't Aaron Schobel. It was... It was, had, a, it was a white guy. That's why I was thinking Aaron Schobel. But I, Keisel? I don't, I don't, guy. Keisel was a defensive end. But there was another guy, too, I thought that was pretty good at defensive end that was kind of a difference maker type player. But it also depends on what kind of 3-4 you're talking about. Like Bill's 3-4, defensive end, all you're going to do is take on blocks and then decide whether you're going one way or the other. You know, in, in Wade's 3-4, Defensive ends expect to get up field. So it's a little different depending on what kind of 3 4 you're talking about. With the resources that they've sunk into running this defense, I think it would be a mistake. Any, right now, at I least. agree with you. I mean, Malik is just starting out on his deal. You just drafted Taco, who would be. I, I don't he, like the thought of him. You don't think Taco would be good as a stand up guy uh, on the outside? Maybe no. maybe he could no. be good as a 3 4 end. He'd be maybe. an end. Yeah. Him and, him and David Irving would be the 3 4 end. Don't think he's athletic enough to play the uh, you know what, outside though? linebacker. No. You say all no. this, and we're wasting time talking about something that's not going to happen. Yeah, but, sorry. like, you never thought Jay Ratliff would be a good defensive tackle in the in the 3 4. And he played, or hold up for Made the Pro Bowl yeah. four years in a row. Yeah. All right. Let's, go, let's get a phone call. We got a call from Johnny in North Carolina. Johnny, what up? y'all doing today good how are you well, how are you i'm doing good uh sitting at work right now um quick question do you think jeff heath will start or do you think xavier woods because i got my eye on xavier woods and right. david hellman what's going on man it's my second time talking to you hey what's going on dude nice, <laughs> not much nice to man. hear from you hey stay strong against uh brian broadest man he's a tough cookie ah uh, he's a big teddy bear but okay. <laughs> appreciate that but though. yeah that's my question all right thanks for the call well just keep watching the sidelines because that's where Xavier Woods is going to be. If you got your eye on him, I, this game. I mean, Jeff Heath is going to start for this game. Uh, yes, go ahead. Xavier Woods will probably play special teams. You think he'll be inactive? We kind of got into an argument about that. I don't know. Brian made the astute observation that they prefer to dress all four safeties. I was about to say you can play special three. teams, and again, I think you want to use probably three, if not four, safeties in your different sub packages and stuff. So. I'm not going to be surprised to see him on the field at some point, but Jeff Heath is going to start at safety. Do you yeah. think that that changes at some point this season? I'm gonna yeah. Keep... Uh, if if he gives up a 73 yard touchdown to you know Larry Fitzgerald or something in week three and he hasn't played well the first two games, yeah, you could make a change if you if you feel like you know you feel like these guys are are better. Um, I, I think that he's going to be better though. I think he's going to be better than the other two. Yeah, Pete. He's going to be in position. See, and people just – they don't really think he's that great of an athlete, but he's one of the better athletes on the team. Mm-hmm. So you can just kind of take that stereotype and, and put it over there. That That's not the case. And I, and he is around the ball. He makes more plays than these other guys probably in the secondary have made combined. I bet he's had the ball in his hand twice as much as Orlando Scandrick ever. That's probably fair. So I It's the same thing I keep saying. Jeff Heath is going to get credit on the stat sheet for 16 starts as long as he's healthy. I think that. But – Woods and Kayvon will have their role to play and they'll rotate them in and they'll have three safeties on the field at certain times. And 
those guys will probably finish with, you know, 30 or 35 tackles and maybe even make some plays. But when you look at the stat sheet that says, you know, when they run the intro at the beginning of the game, Jeff Heath will be the starter. All right, let's take another question from Twitter. Well, I'm seeing a lot of questions about the defense, and we're already in week one. How are you guys feeling about the defense overall, just in general at this point? I hold my breath a little bit. You know, you got to – yeah, the Giants coming in, and it doesn't really matter if, if – I mean, it does matter if Odell Beckham plays the game, but I do think that they're going to be you – know, I've seen Eli Manning come in with a lot less, uh, you know, weapons on offense and still do well. He plays well there. Uh, the Cowboys-Giants always will have these these interesting games. Sometimes they're shootouts, sometimes they're low scoring, but they're always going to be good games. And, and I just think that, you know, with the suspensions that you have on defense, you have some injuries, you have uh, concerns with, with uh, the corners and with Crawford – I think you hold your breath a little bit there on defense. Yeah. I, Hitchens, know, I, sorry, I forgot Hitchens. That's a big injury. Yeah, I, I think that's a huge injury. But I don't think – I mean, I, I don't think it's changed since before the season. I think they're the same – to me, they're the same defense that they were when we when we went into training camp. I know you guys differ with me on that. But I think, I bet I think you they're don't. the same defense. I bet you don't know what I'm going to say. Go ahead. But I, st- I don't feel great about the defense, and I never have. But through the last six weeks, do you kind of feel like maybe the pass rush will be better than we give it credit for? Maybe if Malik Collins can be a difference maker. In Mal- Malik looks like a potential difference maker. Yeah. Steven Paya looks like a potential difference maker. DeMarcus started slow, but I really felt like he kind of came on at the end of camp. Yeah. I don't know what to think about Mayowa because he's been on and off with his knee so much, but he led the team in sacks, and that counts for something. Last year, I'm talking about. So that's four guys that are pretty nice right there. I would feel better if David Irving was at, was sure. Actually I would playing. feel on, and I was about to throw in Demontre Moore. Right, maybe yeah. was the most consistently good edge rusher on the entire team through all of training camp, and he's only out for two games. Yeah. That's not that bad. So, do I think they're gonna get sixty sacks? No, but I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe they'll be better than we give than than people give them credit for, especially against the Giants O line that. I, I don't think it's very good. But I, I agree with you on that. I don't know if – I think they may have taken a step back, especially if you're just talking about week one. I think they may have taken a step back in the secondary. I don't feel as comfortable See, with these guys that they have in the second – in in, specifically at the cornerback position as I did last year at the cornerback that's position. That's why I made sure to preface that the unit as a whole, you lose hitch, the rookies aren't ready, the, the secondary didn't look great in the dress rehearsal. I don't feel that great about the defense as a whole – but I feel better about the pass rush, and I think everybody would agree that a good pass rush can yeah. mask a lot of other problems. Agree so. with that. I, I just don't know if it's that much better to mask the difference. So I, I guess my point is, with the changes, if I feel a little bit better about one area, I don't feel as good about another. So I still think you got pretty yes. much the same I, defense. I pretty much. It hasn't been to a point where it's like overall, just all yeah. of it, we feel good about. But but I will say this though too. I I also don't agree that this was that the defense was horrible last year. I think the defense was an average defense. And so I still think they're an average defense. I don't think they're the type of defense that's the worst in the league. I also don't think they're anywhere near being the best in the league. If the offense does what it did last year, they should be fine there you go. in that's, the majority of the games that they play. That's why I think that this ruling and this decision whatever comes down with Zeke, I think Rod Marinelli's going to be the the most interested person in the room because I think that his defense if they can, if the offense can move the ball and, and can kind of give them some rest and kind of stay on the field, get first downs, and do all those things, I think that it'll help this defense and, and kind of how it's been structured a little bit this year. But without it, 
And we saw in the Packer game, it was an, last year it was an average defense, you're right. But for the most part, they got by with it because the offense was moving the ball. But when they, when they struggled out of the gate against Green Bay, then they got exposed a little bit more. So, but still were in position to win. Still had a Just chance. Couldn't make that. Play they the they the they, game, they right? buckled down and yeah. you know they made it a tight game and all that. But then at the end they got couldn't beat by the, probably the best in the league, if not the second best. All right, let's take. Uh, we're we're done for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Remember tomorrow we'll talk about the Giants' offense versus the Cowboys' defense. Start breaking that down, getting you guys ready for opening Sunday. Till then, for Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!